Hello, this is The Parent Panel, a weekly podcast where we invite one mum and one dad to give us their opinions on news and everyday parenting challenges. Our mum today is one of our most beloved Aussie TV personalities and our dad is a writer, filmmaker and comedian. Well, sometimes you catch yourself just being bossed around. You're going, wait, wait a second. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm an adult. And Neve one day took her nappy off and just rubbed it on the wall. Oh, wow. I think you're still in the trenches with your kids. I like the expression trenches. I sometimes call it the vortex. <laughs> the Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. Justine Clark is our mum. She is a woman who manages to to delight audiences young and old, somehow managing to cross genres for ch- from children's entertainment to adult dramas. She has two boys and a girl. They're aged 17, 16 and 9. Hi, Justine. How are you? I'm good. It's better than um, adult entertainment. I know. I stopped myself saying that. It suddenly puts me in a different sort of category. I I heard myself about to say that and I went... Drama. That's just the, the whole gamut. Like you could not get a, a spectrum. I'm sure there's someone who does that. I it's like that. a YouTuber who opens. Really? No, apparently one of the YouTubers who does all the unboxing videos used to be a massive porn star. Oh, okay. No way. And makes more money in unboxing videos <laughs> for kids her, than she ever did. Hands. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Box. She's got good nails. <laughs> yeah. Don't know. Our dad is Gary Clark a very sorry Gary Clark who's Gary, Gary you're married Clark. now <laughs> well, it's been a long know? time sorry yeah how are the kids by the way <laughs> 16, 17 I had no, no idea no, no. I'm being so slack <laughs> I wrote this Where's script as well by the way Gary, Gary Clark yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is I read it and I still said it anyway Gary Eck who mm. is not married to Justine Clark yeah. uh, I'm going to say he's a very humble comedian but I feel like I know you know Justin, him now yeah. yeah well we all do yeah. I, my daughter was I said I'm doing it with Justine Clark, with with you, she went. Oh, there was a gasp. Oh, you can take the a Justine photo Clark, the... and then she started singing Watermelon, and now I, <laughs> now I can't get it out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <That's> a... <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyway, Gary, let's yeah. talk about you for a moment. Mm. Uh, you're a comedian. Mm. You are, and you co-wrote. <laughs> Why am I telling you this, yeah, Gary? Right? <laughs> what else did I do? Gary co-wrote and co-directed Happy Feet 2. He has a boy and a girl aged 13 and 10. Hi, mm, Gary. 14 and 10. 14 now. Yeah. Mm. And your girl's the oldest? No, it's no, uh, 10. Yeah. So your son's the eldest. Yes. <laughs> I started I've done this so about well five anyway. times and you still don't know who I am. <laughs> then, Gary then, Clark, <laughs> how many children do you have? Who are you? <laughs> Shh, Gary, shush. I'm going to move on now. (laughs) Our topics today are whether it's okay to pierce a baby's ears, extracurricular activities, and fabulous birthday presents. Our first story today is your biggest baby shock. It has been great having a third kid. Both of you said to me, going from two to three will be easy. (laughs) And it has been so incredibly hard. Our little girl had really bad reflux, which I had no idea what that was. And that made uh, the first few months uh, very hard because we couldn't put her down at all. And we didn't know why she was crying and and unsettled. But we're on top of it all. It's good now, but it's been full on. Coming to work's easy now. (laughs) (laughs) That's TV host Carrie Bickmore on her first night back on the project after maternity leave. Adelaide is Carrie's third child, but it sounds like she was potentially the biggest shock of all three after being told that the third would be a breeze now that she had two children. Justine, you have three kids. Mm. Which one gave you the biggest shock? I think it was the second, actually. Uh, it was it was the lack of a lack of sleep from, you know, the first kind of 
wearing me down and then having the second, even through the sort of late stage of pregnancy onwards, really, um, until, like, that's why I think it took me so long to have another one. It took me years to sort of get over it because it was quite yes. traumatic. <laughs> yes. ten, ten years, is it? No, no. <laughs> no, there's like eight, eight, well, there's years, eight yeah. years between the, the, the eldest and the youngest. Uh. But it, I think it took me that long to just get my head around it because it was, it was sometimes when Jack, in the early days when Jack, my husband, would leave me with the two of them, I would be scared. I'd be like, please, please don't leave me alone with them. But when, when will you be home? How do you do yeah, this? How does this work? I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Because your, your eldest two are quite close, aren't they? 20, 20 months apart. Yeah, yeah, that's close. Yeah. So then you would have had a toddler. So are yours, Gary, aren't they? They're quite... Oh, well, 14 and 10. Oh, no, they're not. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we had this discussion <laughs> earlier. No, I'm, her children aren't my children. You're confusing. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm getting mixed up with who's... Yeah, and you're not married. Okay. Um, so I'm going to come to you in a minute yeah. then. Do you think um, that it was... So when, by the time you had your youngest, the eldest were... Uh, probably at a point where they were getting their own breakfast. They were, they were yeah, sleeping. And they were at school all day, and and he and my third was really easy. I think you know, in, obviously in Carrie's situation, if you've got that added stress of reflux or something that you don't really know how to, you know, deal with it, I think that makes life a lot more difficult. But he was a really easy, easy baby, and just rolled with the punches, went with us anywhere, and slept anywhere, and. It was good, actually good really man. great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm interested to know what it was like for you, Gary, because um, my kids are about two and a half years apart, but it was still having a toddler in the house. You know, there's such a difference between even a three-year-old and a four-year-old mm. in terms of, you know, when you when you say you were left at home with them, Justine, going, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Because you don't, like, a toddler can just get into Anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, which baby was the biggest shock for you, Gary? Well, the first one, I think. I mean, I didn't. The first one came along, so I didn't know have anything to compare it to. Yeah. And he, our son, was probably you know more difficult. Like he had reflux as well and wouldn't sleep. And it was very wriggly. Like, it was almost like a, like I described it as like a fish out of water. <laughs> like you're, you're like cuddling a fish out, like a big tuna. Like it just wants to get back into the, the ocean. I'm like, stop. And, was, and babies are strong. People don't forget babies are strong. And so I'm like, you know, walking down the street and people are going, oh, that poor dad or poor kid. I don't know who's in, you know, who do I feel sorry for? And so, yeah, so he had more trouble sleeping and more restless nights. So when the second one came along, I just assumed it was going to be exactly the same. But I'll, yeah. I just thought, oh, well, just get ready for this. And it was the complete opposite. Like, we would wake up in the night, my wife and I, and just be silent. And we go, there must be something wrong because she's not crying. Mm. There's nothing. She slept through the feed. This is, oh, my God. And you'd get worried mm. because the baby was sleeping. And we'd walk in and go, oh, no, just perfect, mm. sleeping. And what was the combination like? Because our kids might have been, with the first two, quite close yeah. and, and, and very difficult to manage. But still, four years old, they're still quite small. How did your eldest take the baby coming home? Yeah, I think I think he was pretty good, you know. I mean, I, I do, though. I, I think he did, like, more attention and then, you know, just started going to the toilet wherever he wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what men do anyway? Yeah, that's true. But, but yeah, he just refused to, to go to the toilet. Like potty trained. It was just like so delayed. He'd much rather just go, well, I'm just in the lounge room now. So I'll just go do it. <laughs> it's like, ah. That was his protest. That's what you I mean. I talk about child? stuff that I would never reveal <laughs> on any other program but this one. 
I feel very privileged. Oh, it is. It's a bit I won't too share it with your children. <laughs> All right. Now, next up, Hilary Duff pierced her baby girl's ears and the internet accused her of child abuse. Is it a storm in a teacup or have the trolls got a point? You pierced her ears? How could you do that to me? No way, Jose. He was too young. And look at her now. She's beautiful. Hilary Duff, as I just mentioned, recently pierced her baby girl's ears and the internet went into meltdown. Not just in the States. I thought this might be a very American kind of story. But here in Australia, the babyology audience had a lot to say. Libby on Facebook wrote... Piercing a child's ears before they're old enough to make that choice or understand it is wrong. It's just a reflection of the mother's slash parent's vanity and completely unnecessary. It's not a decision a parent should be making on behalf of their child, not their ears, not their choice. Having a child doesn't give you ownership of their body and teaching body autonomy to children is very important. And there were quite a few people who supported her. Others were saying, look, this is ridiculous. It's no one else's business and the baby won't remember the pain. Uh, They can take them out later, yada, yada, yada. Gary, Mm. do you think it's totally fine and the family's business or do you think it was wrong to do it because the child can't consent? Look, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, it's... It's a, I mean, you know, there are lots of tribes and around the world, cultural things that do things to little kids, you know, tattoos without them knowing. I mean, you know, babies get circumcised. It's not like they ask yeah. the baby's consent. But the person who said that about the ears would have something to say about circumcision too. Yeah, probably as well. Mm. Yeah. But that's a religious, that's a cultural thing as well. So, you know, you could almost argue that within the world, there are these cultures, which are vanity kind of tribes that do things to their children. I mean, I would draw the line when babies start getting lip fillers and, <laughs> <laughs> and Botox and, you know, these... Prevent the wrinkles from coming chemi- Chemical fractals, you know, whatever. <laughs> just, you know, just, wow, yeah. where does your baby, where does your baby go to? Oh, fantastic doctor in North Shore, brilliant. Does, he's amazing. I mean, the baby, he's only, she's only six, but she looks four months. <laughs> Wow, I really must Because <laughs> we, oh I mean, it's funny, God. as adults, we try so hard to look like babies. Yeah, you know, don't we? You know, Our long eyelashes and everything. Speak for yourself, you know. guys. <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> and I've got to say, um, while we're on lip fillers, I don't know what that craze is with... I mean, as guys, there's not guys don't like it, man. No, I don't know. I don't know what girls think about that, but why they do that is insane. No, I don't understand either. Well, I would all I would talk about would be the kissing. I just want to know if it felt the same if you were like, I just wouldn't want it to feel like <laughs> you, you had feel two bits of rubber and <laughs> yeah, there was no movement True. in the kiss. I don't yeah. know. I don't know because I've never kissed anyone with lip fillers. So yeah, I no, say, you have to talk I, to Jack. I need to talk to. <laughs> Or some somebody, so the the Hollywood guys. Although the guys get it too, I think. Yeah, yeah. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah particularly yeah. Botox. Yeah. How did we get onto this? Anyway, well, but it, I mean, look, you know, it's, you, you think, oh well, that's outrageous. But <laughs> there's probably someone out there that's going to mm. give their toddler something. Oh, don't. No, mm. don't. Don't, no. Gary. Don't go there. Don't go there, Gary. Mm. What do you think about ear piercing, Justine? Um. Well, I haven't. I haven't. Nina's not interested in in any jewellery at all. She doesn't like wearing anything. So that's kind of solved the problem for me in terms of that question through her teenage years. She's 16 now, but she's still not interested in getting her ears pierced. Um, I'm the same. I just think it's more about people wanting to put their opinion opinions out and judge people on Instagram. I think they're more interested in hearing themselves than, you know. It's like an echo chamber. It's just, it's just so... 
weird. It's such a yeah. weird space. Yeah. It's so <laughs> weird. Space. Yeah. It so, is. so, um, no, I don't have any, I don't have any judgment about, about about earrings. No. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, one of the things that brought up for me with in terms of earrings is I remember when I was a little girl, my mum wouldn't let us paint our nails. She thought it was too adult, mm-hmm. especially not red, mm-hmm. right? Red was a no-no. And then I was at home with the kids and I think I was painting my nails and both my daughter and my son wanted to paint their nails. And I had this moment where I was like, oh no, you're too young to paint your nails. And then I had to stop and go, what is that even about? Like, mm. I understand, you know, kids play with makeup, they play with dressing up, and the earring thing, I wasn't allowed to pierce my ears until I was 13. And by the time I was 13, I was like, oh, no, I can wait for longer. I don't care. Mm. Um, and that, there seems to be this argument seemed to be about changing, hurting your child or changing the... Yeah. But I wonder if there's also kind of a cultural thing where they think, oh, you know, you're too young to have your ears pierced. Mm. It's an adult thing. But, but why it, do I mean, we say yeah. that these things are appropriate when it's kind of make-believe in a way? It's I think it just looks mean. kind of odd. I, do. I mean, if you're like a baby, imagine seeing like a little baby and it's got its tongue pierced. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, it'd just be weird or a lip, like a lip ring or something. You know, that would just be odd. But what's the difference? I mean, yeah, that's technically right. it's mm. the same. Apparently your tongue really swells up when you get your tongue pierced. Like really? a potato. Really? Yeah, a friend mm. of mine had it done. And so, I mean, when I see that, I just go, why? Like, I go, why? But good on you. But why? What part of your brain goes, you know what? <laughs> that really delicate part in my body that's, you know, so sensitive and can taste all these amazing things. I'm just going to chuck a hole in it <laughs> to see what happens. But I anyway. love where we can go with this topic, but um, let's move on. Mm, let's move on. <laughs> Extracurricular activities can give kids opportunity to learn and grow. They can also take up a lot of time and money. So how do you work out what's right for your family? That's up next on the Parent Panel. If you've got soccer, soccer Monday night, dancing Tuesday night, piano lessons Wednesday night, gymnastics Thursday night, Friday night, mm. swimming lessons, is that really good for the kids? And I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I think it well, depends I, on the kids. I did a lot of stuff. Like there were times when I was at high school, I was doing something every single night. Even now, before before Henry started school, he's doing little kickers, little swimmers. We're about to start little dragons. That's Joe Hildebrand talking to Sarah Harris on Studio Ten. For those not in the know, little dragons is uh, a martial arts for mm. small children, um, and I'm fascinated with this topic because I have no idea what to do with extracurricular activities. Um, I know amongst my peers, I have friends whose kids do lots of stuff. Um, my children, my son does swimming because I figure if you're an Australian, you have to swim because mm. I don't want him to drown. And my daughter does singing. She loves to sing, but it was mainly because it was at after school care when she was there that she did it. So I get really conflicted. I'm wondering myself, I'm like, am I being lazy because I'm not thinking of things that will improve their lives. So sports, there is a really strong argument for sports building um, resilience Mm. and friendship groups and team sports in that sense. And uh, actually learning an instrument has been proven to increase their brain capacity. So I'm wondering how different families work out what's right for them and their children without overscheduling them. Mm. So Mm. Justine, what did you do with your kids and what does your youngest do now? Oh, he... He's not really into team sport, so and that's different to the other two. The other two play have played footy and netball since they were l- really little. But he's not into team sport, so that was really different. This is a different kid, you know, with different needs. And he, but he, we make him swim swim twice a week. 
for for his strength, for his like core strength, and he's and over the years he just he keeps getting better and better because you know you you don't think they are improving because they're always half mm. of the time they're waiting in the, a queue, but um, after years and years of him going, he's really getting a good form now, and and I and he's seeing results now, which is really good. So that's been good for him. He was going to guitar, but he's not very interested in guitar. So do you base um, it on what they want to do or were there conscious choices you made, like the swimming? Well, again, with again with the other two, they just were, they were learning an instrument and that was it. And I, actually, my son's just stopped learning at, you know, 17. He stopped lessons last year in year 11. And my daughter wants to stop. She's said her study schedule's too heavy now and she just wants to stop mm. piano. She's not practising. But Maxie, and Maxie is very strong-willed and we just kind of can't make him go. <laughs> it's not, we, we've probably lost a little bit of stamina in the parenting stakes too. <laughs> yeah, you just want to sit you there do. and do nothing great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is, the other thing we have to be mindful of is he'll he'll get on a device and if we give him something to do, then he's not on a device for so that's, that's a right. that's a motivator for us as the for a third child. So he does art on one afternoon, but he'd probably rather just be at home. I think. But yeah. we, you know, we mm. uh, sometimes it's about that. It's about just not them not being in the house and close to a screen that's for us. So interesting. I didn't mm. even think about it that way. Mm. Um, Gary, yeah. I know your kids are musical. Did I get yeah. that one right? Oh yeah, yes you <laughs> did. Yes you did. <laughs> it, took, uh, it took more than halfway yeah. through the show. Uh, so yeah. I know um, it's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like uber dad. So that's <laughs> like, how, how does it? What yeah, do they do? Yeah. So yeah. So with my son, like he always wanted. He just picked, he started making when he was like three, making like um, like a cutout violin and, and sort oh, of yeah. pretending to play the violin. We thought, oh, well, maybe he likes to violin. So we ended up. I think it was wait, wait, waited till he was about six and we gave him violin lessons. And then he, and then then he said, oh, I want to play the I want to play the tenor horn because. He found this tenor horn. I go, what's a tenor horn? <laughs> <laughs> I had to look it up. And it's big in like, you know, marching bands and wow. Salvation Army. They don't what? play it anywhere else. How had he found the tenor horn? I don't know. Horn. He just found it online. I think he liked the shape of it. Like he was into Amazing. shapes and stuff. Yeah. And then so, so he started giving him tenor horn lessons. So, but then that progressed into French horn. So then he started, now he's doing French horn. Amazing. And then he does voice. So he does choir as well. So he does like three things, which is insane. It's too much. I mean, it, it's overwhelming for him. But and then yeah, he does soccer and stuff. So there's a lot of driving around, mm. a lot of lessons, and it's it's almost too much in my opinion. I I kind of want that child <laughs> that just goes. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to kick back here and go for a walk or for a bit of a run and get my. my I'm just going on my bike, Dad. It's going to run around, ride there around the bay. There aren't kids like that okay. anymore. <laughs> Who has a child like that? Well, Gary? I mean, that's how I kind of grew up. And sometimes I think boredom is the best thing for you because it makes you creative. Mm. But and were you were you driven by? It sounds like you were driven by what he told you he wanted. True, there weren't things yeah. that you. What about your daughter? Has she? Yeah, so she wanted to do ballet. Like we never said. My wife did ballet and said, "Oh, I don't want to push her into ballet because it just destroys your feet," you know, mm. which it does. But she was like, "I want to do ballet." <laughs> I'm like ah. So <laughs> she does sort of ballet and does choir as well. But they're the only two activities. We did swimming for a while, actually. But we've, that's the problem when you stop. Don't stop swimming. Because once you stop yeah. and everyone always stops in the winter time because mm -hmm. it's cold. Mm -hmm. And then it's so easy never to go back. Mm. And we're surrounded by water. So that's a really good reason <laughs> to want to learn to swim. Yeah. And, you you know, and, and we are. The surf here is, you know, you read about people all the time. And mm. it's, you know, because if you're not a strong swimmer. 
get into trouble. But yeah, so I, I'd love to. Actually, when you were saying that, I was thinking, oh, I must get my kids back into swimming. Mm. But then it's another activity. It's another one. And, yes. and how does that play on? You both have. Um, kind of freelance lifestyles mm. in a way because mm. you're creative people. Unemployed most of the time. Is that what you're <laughs> That's <saying>? what it <laughs> means. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what I said, people. Yeah, yeah. Um, freelance. <laughs> Available. Available. Yeah. Sitting at home watching Netflix. It's like when Netflix. people ring me up and they go, Gary, I just wanted to check a date. Are you available? I always act like I'm like it could be a I'll problem, a conflict. Mm. So what day was that? Oh, okay, yeah. Look, and I'm looking at a diary that's completely empty. <laughs> With things like need work now. <laughs> well, let me see. If I had a gig today, that would be awesome. Well, I tell you what, I could probably shift something. So does that mean uh, you've, yeah. you've got no reason not to ferry your children around? Well, that's the problem. I'm, mm. you know, and I'm one of those dads that turns up to everything. I'm at the sporting game. I'm, you know, I'm at. I'm this. feeling really bad right now because I can't well, get no, to I, those things. Yeah, well, that's you know. Well, that's the joy of being unemployed. Yeah. See. <laughs> You can be there. You can ferry them around. You can. Um, And I mean, the thing that I'm really fascinated in is when parents have a plan, because I don't think I've ever had a plan, ever. And I was talking to a friend about it today. I'm like, you know, I've just, you know, I've had midterm plans, but they've been like a holiday or a short-term career aspiration or something like that. Mm. I've never had a lifelong plan. And as someone who interviews experts on parenting all the time it's it's a massive gap in my mm. parenting skills really? because everyone um, got a plan well they talk a lot about parenting the child not the child but the adult you want them to be and i'm I, in my head i'm like mm. oh no i'm just dealing with them today yeah so I find it interesting when people think of um, plan extracurriculars because they want a certain type of future for their child. And I'm wondering if any, if you've ever had that thought. I mean, also with the, the music, Justine, because that's your background. That's what you do. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. But then again, you know what that industry is like. So why I would do. you want I do. And also to... I don't have performers in my family. I, I, that was very clear to me very early on that they're not interested in performance, which is a very different kind of expression, mu- musical expression. You, you can learn an instrument for a, a multitude of reasons um, and and I just wanted them to have that access to another way of using their brains and another way of tapping into music of, of sort of even if they just become good listeners I'm happy for that I just I just wanted them to have that that little I don't know little window into some other world um, and so that was just a, they just had to do it and there was no question about it <clears throat> um, and same with sw- swimming swimming's just been for all three of them, just they must they must swim, and mm. the, and then everything anything other than that's been a bonus. Net, mm. Nina's loves netball just by chance, and Joseph's loves footy since he was four. So, and did they both? I mean, your son found his interest quite young, Gary. Mm. Um, just you know, this is just for my own parenting. <laughs> state of mind uh, because my eldest is seven and nothing's really come out apart from music that she loves it she just doesn't have the commitment to keep going and that's also something I think that must be important about extracurriculars is that you don't let your child give up but when do you decide it's worth spending the money Mm. and forcing them to keep going how do you weigh those things yeah I mean I mean music there's a guy who does a TED talk really interesting one where he's he's a composer and he talks about he plays a he gets at a piano and he plays the piano. He says, this is what a, a nine-year-old, eight-year-old sounds like when they start to learn the piano. He's like, then 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 missing this beat, and blah, blah, blah. And he says, this is what they sound like when they're nine. And then he plays and they're missing this beat. And, and this is what they're like when we're 10. And then they give up. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he said, had they kept going for just yes. one more year, just yeah. one more year, this is what they would have sounded like. And he plays it and you go, now they start to get it. Yeah. And I, I saw true. that with my son with violin. Like, you know, there was a, for a while, you know, and you go, woo. But then it just, it's almost like an overnight thing and it just clicks and they get it. Mm-hmm. And then this rhythm and this kind of, the flow and they seem to, then they start to enjoy it. And it's just going that extra mile sometimes. But having said that, if they hate it, there's no point pushing them. And and also, I don't know about your kids, Gary, but Nina doesn't. She she stopped practicing now because she just she wasn't mm. she just wasn't finding any time to practice. And I, I actually said to her, "Don't I don't care if you don't practice. Just go for half an hour a week." Mm. And so and it was different. It's somehow it's it's not as rewarding for her if she doesn't practice. She feels like she's behind every week. So then it became a, a more of a chore. And, and I just wanted it to be a fun half an hour in her week. But if they're not, if they don't have that tiny bit of like, oh, I've even, even, oh, I've got to practice. If they've, if they've sort of lost that, I think maybe it's, maybe it's particular to piano, but yeah, she just now is like, God, I used not to even hate worth, the piano. The is it. like the music industry as a whole is based on criticism. Mm. So it's based on get this note right, don't get it wrong. If you can't do it, someone else can. Mm. And so there's always this pressure and there's not a lot of love in music. There's mm. not a lot of encouragement. Like there's not a lot of, that's great, you're doing really well. Like I went to a gym class, like one of these, you know, it's like a QMAX kind of core class. And the guy was like, Gary, great form, mate, looking great. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like thinking, oh, this is good. This guy's encouraging. Yeah. And he doesn't have to do that. But they don't do that in music. They don't. It's all criticism. Everything, yeah. oh, no, you've got that wrong. And so mm. it's very easy for kids not to want to practice because all they're really going to get is criticism in mm. the end. Unless they're perfect. Unless they're perfect. But even then, that drives them because, you know, there's other people around them telling them, well, that, that could, you're perfect, but you could be better. And it's, mm. uh, that's the mm. problem I've discovered with music industry as a whole, oh, in that kind of realm anyway. Mm. Okay. Mm. I, yes, I have no idea what I'm going to do. <laughs> I, have, I wish I could change it. I normally yeah. say thank you to you both. Now I know what I'm going to do. I don't. So we're going to have to take no. this outside the studio and you'll have to <laughs> let me know what my next parenting steps yeah. will be. Yeah. Um, but we'll move on to our final topic, which is something I'm much better at talking about. The best birthday present you've ever given. I know what I want for my birthday now. $100,000. I'll get you a new guitar. Okay. I love it. Thank you. The best birthday present I've ever gotten. Okay, so if you were going to give me a rating card about what I do well and what I do badly, don't rate so well on the extracurriculars, birthday presents, A+. A+++++. Wow. I am the best birthday present giver, so stay friendly with me, people. (laughs) So it's my husband's birthday on Monday. Um, Probably about, well, before our first child was born, I bought him just a basic guitar and he is obsessed with guitars he's Mm. taught himself to play drives me nuts we live in a small place he's got guitars on all the walls i don't really want more guitars but i knew that he would love this present which was basically a gift certificate for him to go away to melbourne for a weekend and build his own electric guitar wow hashtag good wife wow right Mm. i knew that i just i was so excited because i love planning the perfect gift it doesn't always work in a partnership, though. Uh, Gary, mm. when have you got a birthday present totally right? Oh, yes. It's interesting. Um, we've, like, my family's never been really big on birthdays. In fact, my entire... 
I know. My entire family on my 27th birthday forgot my birthday. No! Nobody called. Nobody <gasps> called. In fact, I went over to my parents' house. I'm not making this up. <laughs> oh, my god! Not even making this up, right? I went. I thought, this can't be right. So I went to my parents' house, and they were like, oh, hi, Gary. Oh, this is a surprise. What are you doing here? <laughs> and I even started whistling happy birthday. <laughs> like I was going... My mum didn't even pick up on it, right? Nothing. Nothing. It's making me cry. <laughs> it's it's funny. Like, I find it quite, a, I find it really funny, but people find it tragic. They're like, oh my God, you poor person. Oh my God. There's one day of your life. Where one day. And I actually, be... when I said to my mum, I said, do you know what day it is today? And she said, oh, I don't know, Tuesday. <laughs> I said, no, it's my birthday. She was like, oh, you know, and uh, she was like, oh my God. <laughs> And then my dad comes home, well, oh my God, I forgot your birthday. And then they rang all my siblings and, and, and they rang me, oh, Gaz, I've been trying to get you for ages. Yeah. <laughs> you know, got to be so busy, wanted to, happy birthday, you know. When's your birthday, Gary? Yeah, it's January 24th. Okay, I'm putting that in the diary. Do they forget because it's so close to Christmas? I know, well, maybe, and it is kind of holiday season. It but, is. It but is I, I was going to say, the best, best, I, I was thinking about what I've given my partner and she used to be a flight attendant, right, for an airline. And and when we were going out, I would, this is the days of faxes, I, wherever she was staying, I would send a fax to the hotel. And I would like, hey, hey, honey, happy birthday, even though it wasn't a birthday. <laughs> right. I would say, happy birthday, wish I could be there, you know. It's, I wish you so much. And make it really big so that whoever got the fax went, oh, they would deliver it. And they always delivered like a bottle of champagne from the hotel. <laughs> And it happened so much and we got so used to it, right? And one day I did it, you know, and I would start, I got addicted to it. I was like, I'd start making out, you know, it's been really tough here at home and I miss you so much and I wish I could be there for your birthday. (laughs) And then one day, like she went, I don't know where she was, like in Rome or something and didn't get anything. And, I, and she was livid. <laughs> Can you believe they forgot my fake birthday? This is unbelievable. And the weird thing is, I think the hotels must know because you've got to give your passport. So oh, if they really true. wanted to, they, they could check. They yes, could check they and could. go, this poor, this poor person, look at this, this, this wife thinks it's her birthday. And it's this. not a birthday. Let's give her a bottle of champagne because she's got an idiot boyfriend who thinks yeah. it's a birthday. But she got all sorts of things, you know. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Are you just telling those stories because you've actually never given her an awesome birthday present? Well, uh, it's always been just going, let's go out for dinner. I mean. No, no, no. That's not an awesome it's birthday not, present. No, no, no. no. No, it's not awesome. You kick my butt in extracurriculars, but I'm kicking yeah, your butt in birthday to... <laughs> presents. <laughs> Let's move on to Justine. I have a feeling you're a good birthday uh, present giver. I think I am. Sometimes I panic and do it all at the end and spend way too much money because I haven't really thought about it and I feel guilty. But I did uh, – the best present I reckon was probably – oh, actually, when when it was a few years ago now um, – we went to dinner with a whole lot of friends and we drank quite a little bit of alcohol. And the next morning I had booked him to fly a um, plane. Like, <laughs> I like, he had, like doing loot. And oh. then I hadn't told him where he was going. And is so he we, the pilot or is there the someone? Pilot. No, he's the pilot. He was the pilot, like co-pilot. Was on, oh. And we drove out to the, we were driving out to the air, ba- air you know, the um, airport and um, he was going where are we going I was going just go this way and, he, and like he's got his glasses on we're like oof, you know pretty hung over and he's like are we going to an airport and I was like yes and he's like am I going to fly a plane is that what's 
happening, shaking all the while. And we were, I was like, yeah. And so then he had to fly this aircraft. And it's, you know, like you, you watch the video and his cheeks are going like this <laughs> and he's going to the Is it like one of those jets or is it like a... a little like Red like Baron sort oh, of it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. He was very... Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how thankful he was for that. <laughs> <laughs> that present is pretty funny, though. So I hate pretty. small planes. So oh, okay. like if that was a present, mm. I would say, you know what? I'm really afraid. I'm going to have to give this one back. He's he's a he's one of those people who I think could have been a pilot. Like he oh. sort of fancies mm. himself mm. as a bit of a pilot. Not after that one, though. <laughs> That's right. No, he destroyed that his dream. Here's my birthday present to you. Mm-hmm. That's very cool, though. That's it's very elaborate. Cool. If we hadn't have gone out the night before, mm. I think it might have been better. Yeah. How are you mm. to know? You know, you don't know how these nights are going to pan out. No, you can't say, honey, mm. don't have another glass because tomorrow <laughs> there's a big surprise <laughs> where you won't want to throw your guts up. Yeah. Too big a yeah. surprise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was our last topic of the show. But before we go, um, I, I do like people to give people the opportunity to tell us what they're doing. And Justine, you have a show on in Sydney at the moment. Is that right? Yes. What's happening? Next Saturday at the City Recital Hall. Um, I have written a show called Mimi's Symphony, which is an orchestral story. I haven't written the orchestra bit. It makes me sound really amazing, but <laughs> I've just written the story bit. And George Ellis um, who has written the music, and we have an 18-piece orchestra. And wow. we're going to tell the story, which is really exciting. I'm very, very excited about it, actually. And then we're going to sing some of my songs that have been orchestrated. So um, that's exciting too. Wow. So, um, okay. Well, we'll put the, mm. the note in the notes. For a, for a whole family type show or is it more? Um, no, no. It's for kids. For yeah. Kids, it's, yeah. It's, we, we, had, um, we had sort of talked about doing something together. We both agreed that Peter and the Wolf, whilst it's great, is the only option really mm. for, for little kids. And we wanted to, I wanted to write something for mm. um, kids with animals that they were familiar with. So I've chosen a magpie because they're around they're sort of around us yeah, everywhere know, and dogs and possums and things that we can identify with and um you know an australian an australian voice so mm. that was the thinking behind it i i'm i'm i really can't wait to see what kids make of it what what mm-hmm. instrument plays when the magpie swoops <laughs> <laughs> well symbols <laughs> <laughs> yeah. symbols yeah Boom. i don't know anything about music swooping so. you know i've done done a little bit of research on the old yeah. magpie mm. And um, I used to be really scared of magpies until I did a little bit of research, and they actually don't swoop unless it's nest like unless they've mm. got nestlings, and it's like yeah. a particular time of year. But I would just be afraid like twelve months of the year of them, and now I now I'm only <laughs> scared in sort of September October. They're, they're very sm- <laughs> yeah. they're very smart. And Justine's magpies. walking mm. around with an ice bucket <laughs> yeah. on her head, yeah. <laughs> with like eyes drawn in the back. Mm. We'll know why. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And Gary, yeah. you never have anything to tell me, no. but you do you do this week? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you so said- next Saturday I've got a show <laughs> at the recital while I'm watching the show. No, no, no. Yeah. What about the Gondwana yeah. Choir, Choral Festival? Yeah, so this whole next week is a massive world choral uh, choir festival. So all uh, choirs from around the world, you know, kids are coming to Sydney. Um, yeah, so they're putting on performances, a big gala at the Opera House. There's one at, a few at the recital hall, wow. conservatorium. Uh, yeah, so my two kids are, are in there. My son's in the senior choir and my daughter's in the junior performing choir. And it's going to be huge. We've actually got two French billets, which we didn't Ooh. even know we had. <laughs> they sent us you an email going, hey, just letting you know, here are your kids that you should be picking up on Sunday. And we're like, we didn't order any children. 
<laughs> I'm struggling with two. Now I've got two French kids, aged 12 and 15, from Lyon in oh, France. Oh, how's he French? My, my wife speaks fluent French, so ah. that'll come in handy. But um, my kids are a little bit, oh, my space. I'm like, hang on, they're, they're sleeping in my office, guys. <laughs> so just relax. So it should be fun. So there's going to be a whole, there's, you know, you can go on the website and there's, there's shows all next week. And Okay, well, Great. we'll put links yeah. I'll be going to well. those. Yeah, mm. just pop out after your show. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank you both so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time. You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a babyology podcast, hosted and written by Siobhan Hunt, produced and edited by Debbie Ning. For more information on the show or to check out other episodes with equally funny and insightful guests, you can find all you need at our website, babyology.com.au slash parentpanel. panel.